Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chef's Meal, where we talk about whatever and never and everything else in between. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for tuning in to the Chef's Meal. Now we have a special, special person today. Uh, he goes by the name of Bulletproof Hustle, Mr. Darnell Brown. What's up? What's up, everybody? Thanks for uh, inviting me on, KC. Appreciate the uh, invite. Looking forward to chopping it up with you. Absolutely. So you are, so from the from the email that you sent me, are you, you live in uh, North Carolina? Yeah, I'm in North Carolina. Yeah, down oh, wow. here uh, near the Charlotte area. That is yeah, pretty, been, that's pretty cool. Yeah, been here for been here for a long time, uh, quite a long time, more than I think two thirds of my life now. So I can be considered oh, wow. a Charlene a Charlotian or a North Carolinian. And oh, okay. The city is changing a lot. It's definitely changed a lot in these past ten years. It's crazy. Have you ever been uh, up here in Jersey or New York? Only for passing through, we uh, uh, okay. we uh, I occasionally go to go to Canada straight up to Quebec, the province of Quebec. So that's almost like a straight shot from here, in terms of going straight up north. Same time zone and everything. But I've always we you have to pass through New Jersey and New York. That's, gotcha. That's my only uh, you know those are my only recollections in terms of going through those places, but never stopping through and hanging out. All right. Okay. Well, you know, let's uh, let's get into it if you don't mind. So, tell me now. You you've started this podcast. I've been listening to uh, a few episodes. Why do you call it Bulletproof Hustle, and why did you start it all together? So I called it I called it Bulletproof Hustle because it became a natural extension of of just a platform for getting out that philosophy of what Bulletproof Hustle is. And I figured I might as well tie the name in kind of with this path that I'm on, with this journey, with this verb of being progressive in that way, of trying to develop a hustle and a worth ethic and a sense of determination that is bulletproof, that is invincible and incorruptible. And so naming it that was, yeah, again, just just a natural extension that just made the most sense to tie it into a, a brand that that just felt right and and that worked. But just in terms of that name, um, it actually came. It's actually almost a derivative from when I had wrote my my first book a couple years ago called The Bulletproof Hustler, okay. and that was that was a self help motivation book that was that just went through ten chapters and 10 topics of things that I felt what we and people like myself could work on to be to become bulletproof hustlers. And so that that book was about going through that journey. And then by the end of it, you know, you you'd feel like you're on that path to being that person. And I think it was just one of those things that just came up where it was like an epiphany. It, it just happened. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about Okay, what has my life been like up to this point? Okay, going against the grain, um, trying to trying to go through my my challenges and grow as and evolve as a person. Mm-hmm. Like hustle, hustle and becoming bulletproof, it just like happened just from all of those smaller, I, I guess, smaller ideas and situations, and it all kind of led to that one thing. And you, I just knew it when I heard it, and I was discussing it with a friend. I was just like bulletproof hustle. I was like hustle bulletproof, and I just I was like, oh man. You know, in my mind, I was like, that was that's crazy. I said, this is this is perfect. This is this is a name that I will never get tired of because yeah. I'm never going to feel like 
I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to have to have a bulletproof hustle to be successful at anything I do in life. And mm-hmm. that, and that is, it's a current thing. I mean, it's, it's a thing that is all like, it's a constant. It's not, I didn't name it bulletproof hustle as a noun. I looked at it as a verb of saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to have a hustle and continue yeah. to hustle. So that's, that's kind of some, some, uh, you know, some, some kind of, not, 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 not connotation. I was about to say that's some, like some, some context that, yeah, some context as to where that name came from. Gotcha. Like I'm, I, I'm all, I'm all about, that's why I kind of reached out to you because just the name in particular, it is rad. I, I kid you not. I wish I thought of something as cool as that one. Mine is just uh, like a chef derivative kind of, and I, I still hate saying that word. I, it's really annoying to me. Oh, you're talking I about hate... for chef's meal? So, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. The funny, so the funny thing is that um, ironically, ironically um, back, back in the days when I was, um, when I was doing music with my friends and stuff, uh, I had I had came up with a moniker that was that was based on like a chef and and me working on music as as a form of building out a recipe and mm-hmm. and and like presenting it. So like that like you you put together a song and you got the ingredients of a song. You got good music. You got lyrics, vocals, etc. And then you present that meal to the public. I use that as a connotation. Not excuse me, not a connotation, but almost like a um, like an analogy. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. for being in the kitchen. And then and then shortly after that, I realized that, that Raekwon from Wu-Tang called himself the chef, like it's Raekwon the, the chef. chef. I was yeah, like, I, was yeah, like okay. yeah. I, I never used that name. I never said my <laughs> name like Darnell the chef, but I was I was kind of thinking about it the same way. So it was just funny that obviously he had, he had that idea even before I did. And then um, mm-hmm. I, I just happened to land on from him. And then secondly, with regards to what you said about, you know, you, you wishing you thought of the name, man, Surprisingly, I uh, I I I get bored of names that I come up with for for my own projects very very easily and quickly, and I'm never like <laughs> pleased. I get so I'll be like, "That's an amazing idea," but like a year later, I'm like, "That was so lame. That was so like I'm I'm so much more evolved." I'm so with the names, um, I I don't think I think I'm good at coming up with them, but I feel like I keep coming up with better things so often, and I and I start to lead with that idea, and I start to think that my prior idea is not as good anymore. Mm. So landing on bulletproof hustle is like that's after ten like ten years of of different names that I've used over the time over time that I've always got tired of. I had 10 other business names before oh, I landed wow. on Bulletproof Hustle. Yeah, that was definitely not the first one. That's a that's a huge process of iteration and saying, oh, okay, this is the first thing that feels like this is the story of my life. Everything mm-hmm. else was just a cool name for, for the sake of a cool name, or it was more of a noun. It was more of what I was into at that time. Gotcha. But I said, with everything that I want to do, in, in life and these places that I'm trying to go, this purpose that I have, I said bulletproof hustle. It encompasses all of that, and w- with without being too um, too pigeonholed towards one specific thing. So, Got it. So now it's like a complete me. brand. It's a complete lifestyle. It's what you want to do. I get it. I absolutely get it. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, you got it. So that's so that that's just that's just to give you a little bit of juice, just in terms of 
you know, it, it, that that name took me ten years basically to create. <laughs> hey, hey, still years, a name nonetheless. It's a it's a mindset. We, we do the same thing in the kitchen. Uh, we call it mise en place. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term. It, it's get thrown uh, quite a bit. And like, if you're in food now, they're like, oh, mise en place, mise en place, blah blah blah. It, it's literally just it means in French everything in its place. So when we apply it in the kitchen, you just have to make sure that you're ready for service, you're ready to fail for service, you're ready to execute service, and if it doesn't do any of those, you're still prepared and ready for the uh, the the hardships and the non-hardships that's about to come during that one shift. So it's the same exact thing, but I I, I went with the the chef's meal only because I I thought that it'd be a better like kind of instance if. It's hard to explain. Have you ever worked in the kitchen or have any kind of experience in the kitchen? Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah. Like professionally in the like uh, like an actual restaurant. Yeah, I was in an. Oh, um, okay. It was. It was in. Um, I worked. I worked like in the quick the quick restaurant service, fast food. I guess when I was um. Oh, when same I was thing. Younger, but yeah, I, I was in the kitchen. Yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so if you can remember, if you can channel those emotions, do you remember not having any time and just going to the corner and eating your meal really quickly? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's the whole purpose of the chef's meal. I, I really don't necessarily have that much time. However, in the time that I have allotted for myself, uh, whoever is in the same room with me will have conversations, obviously not of the kitchen, just anything in particular to, to take our brains off of work because we're firing, you know, 14, 15 hours a day in the kitchen. So just kind of a recompense kind of. So that's why I started this whole thing. But enough about me, though. I want, I want to know more about you. If you okay. don't mind, what do you absolutely refuse to eat? Uh, I, I absolutely refuse to eat pork. Yeah, that's, that's going to be the, yeah, that's going to be the big one. I'm actually, I'm actually like part pescatarian, part vegetarian, and part vegan. I'm like, I'm like uh, okay, okay, okay. veganish, vegetarianish, and pescatarianish. But I've never, I've never eaten pork all my life. And when I, when I did, when I was younger, um, it, it didn't, it literally didn't sit well with me. Um, oh. And I just, I just wasn't raised, I, I wasn't raised on, on uh, eating that animal. Um, I've I've heard I've heard it's, it's definitely a taste a tasty <laughs> a tasty <laughs> meat, but but yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going more in the vegan route, even just with my diet anyway. But uh, but yeah, I can't I can't do pork. Can't do oh, pork. Wow. <laughs> Man, yeah, my, so, my whole name is Chef Salty Pork, bro. Come on now. Now the funny the funny thing is, I de- I definitely must admit that the smell of the smell of cooked bacon is amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I know, and I know um, that in America, people put bacon on everything. They do. They really do. I, 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 I wouldn't know necessarily. I've only lived here in the States for about 15 years. And I'm not one to always put bacon on everything. But okay. I still remember when I was growing up, uh, same in the league as you are, um, fish is more accessible than meat on land. Because I, I was born right in the Philippines. The, uh, the fish market is so cheap because we can catch it right there. It's everywhere uh, around you. However, okay. the meat or uh, the livestock that's nearby, it's so expensive because it's so sparse. Right. So when, when I came over here in the States, it's the other way around. There's so much land. Right. There's so much everything. Right. So it, uh, the, the numbers switch. And I'm like, I still remember it. I asked my mother, I was like, nah, what's going on? Why is the fish so expensive? She's like, son, it's the other way. You know, we're surrounded by land. There's so much land here. 
we don't necessarily can just fish how we're, you know, over there in the Philippines. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So my yeah. diet ever so slightly changed when I was here, but I still love pork. So I'm Filipino. Okay. And 90% of our cuisine is pork. It, it is literally our, our blood. If you cut us open, pork guts comes out pretty much, you know? What? That's 90% <laughs> of your diet. Shout out to Philippines. Hey, Philippines, by the way. If you've ever met another Filipino, I, I kid you not now, and you're going to be like, wow, Casey told me. You'd be like, hey, do you like pork? And they will absolutely tell you 100% yes. However, and here's the, here's the only differentiation. If they're born here in the States, that's when it becomes a little weirder because their diet is not that of accustomed to, you know, if you were back in the country, um, pork was so, pork is like the middle ground, we call it. It's so not expensive as a land uh, source, but not cheap enough, or rather um, not as cheap as fish, but you can still access it. So a lot of people will go for the middle, for the middle tier. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. So what are, you, um, what are your nine to five, if you don't mind me asking? How did your work day look like? Yeah, so my, my work day is, um, is usually based around two different pillars where I got my, my Bulletproof Hustle brand where I'm doing brand coaching, podcasting, writing, writing articles, um, public speaking, coaching, that sort of thing. And, and then the other pillar is going to be um, what, what my wife and I call Atelier, which is our, our skincare our skincare line where we are um, we're, where we're presenting and offering skincare products and services um, mm-hmm. to 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 North American audiences right now, um, and so that that's those both of those pillars, Bulletproof Hustle and Latelier, those are both uh, equally important to me, and I spend I spend my nine to five in working on both of those, and with Bulletproof Hustle, I'm usually not usually, but sometimes I'm working with clients as well too. So I'm helping them with their brands and their marketing. Um, I'm being, being able to give back in that way. And then through our skincare line, I'm just giving back in an entirely different way. Um, and something that's of course, very close to my, to my heart and, uh, and, and desires and goals. So, so my right. day is, is, is split into those two blocks usually where I'm saying, okay, half of my day is dedicated to Bulletproof Hustle. And then certain hour of the day switch over, you know, that might, and, it, and my schedule changes month to month. I always create a new schedule at the beginning of, of, of the month to mm-hmm. make time for what I have going on for that, for that term, for that quarter, for that month. And so uh, a simple way to put it would be like from, from nine to one, I might do bulletproof hustle stuff. And then, you know, from one to five, I might work on Latelier. And gotcha. in an ideal world, Monday through Friday would, would look like that, where it's exactly half the energy put in both places. Mm-hmm. So. That's not bad. That's a, that's, a better, that's a better use of your time um, as somebody looking from outside. You know, I, I, I particularly spend my Monday to Friday is I'm usually off Monday or Tuesday. So that's my Saturday, Sunday um, okay. compared to like a, a normal person. And then all of my weekends are in the kitchen because we're open 365 days a year. And I'm always, I'm on, I'm on forever call. That's how I call my job. I'm, I'm always uh, just, you know, a step behind or I, I'm, I can always be within reach because they need me and being the exec chef is kind of, it's kind of annoying, you know, being like that. But at the same time, you want to still do pursue other, other venues and um, I do music as well. So it's, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole mess. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. I see. I see you got some. I, get, I see you got some side hustles between this and your music, then, and then like with your schedule. That's just um. Yeah. Wow. I mean, my my goal is to be spending like like less time working throughout the week. I've actually I'm actually working on what I what I would notate as like three weeks on, one week off every month for the yeah. rest of my life. And I'm just gotcha. like, man, that would be perfect. I work the first three, the first three weeks nonstop, maybe even weekends too, but I take a week off. Mm. Um, week off to do whatever, whether that's vacate, whether that is immerse myself in everything I've been meaning to catch up on, books wise and movies wise. Mm. Um I, I feel like I feel like being able to to not necessarily cram, but I mean there's a better word for that, but getting four weeks worth of work done in three weeks. Um, and then being able to take that time off just because I'm, I'm I'm blessed enough to be self-employed and have been for this mm-hmm. long. The one of the goals of doing that is so that you have more freedom of your time. But but yeah. we it, like the irony is that you end up doing the exact opposite, especially when you're starting out. You have no time for yourself. You sacrifice all your weekends. You're pulling 80 hour shifts a week. It's oh, looking absolutely. it's sounding similar to what you're used to probably in the restaurant industry, including holidays, too. You're like yeah. on 365. And you, you're probably, you know, the way I did it, coming coming out of like a side hustle and out of a out of the comfort of a steady job, and then immediately like being thrust into freelance and saying, okay, I got to start designing logos for people. I got to find clients. How do you yeah. do that? How much how much do I want to earn? Blah blah blah. So you start getting, you start getting excited about all of you know when when business starts picking up and you got all these clients to serve and you're trying to be as responsive as you can. And mm-hmm. all of that can come back to bite you, and and I and I and it did it did for a while in those earlier years with me, where it's just like this is exactly the reason why this is exactly like what I was trying to get away from, but yeah. I, I, I'm full throttle into it, and it's, it feels like you just you're, you're drowning in your own quicksand that you set up for yourself, and you're like, man, maybe I should go back. Like, is it is it <laughs> worth this to do all of this? So there, there's that curve, there's that curve, and that trial by fire, really. Yeah. You know, out of the frying pan into into the fire that you got to just go with it and and get to that other side. So, um, yeah, I feel I feel you. Like I feel you. I definitely feel you on that. I appreciate the uh, the kitchen uh, little uh, mention there. I, I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and I, I just got I just got a lot of respect for um for for chefs and for people in the restaurant industry because that's a hard industry man that's a a really hard industry industry. i mean even even if you're a restaurant even if you're a restaurant tar as they call them Mm. um you know you're you're a person that is basically a serial restaurant person like Mm. that industry is just so it's crazy because like you said you you're dealing with places that are open all of that time and i'm just like man for you to dedicate for you to dedicate so much of your life and and time to it you must love what you do you must love the smiles you that you put on people's faces the you know you eat with your eyes first so then being mm-hmm. able to see what you've made and that that artistic aspect the pride of creating it and so my my mindset is like and I know it's probably not like that, but just uh, what is that? Um, Chef, Chef Gordon Ramsay on Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell's Kitchen. So Hell's Kitchen is is obviously obviously because it's it's on TV, so it's certainly exaggerated. Mm. You know, you, you're throwing pans at people, you're cussing them mm. out. I'm like, all of this makes for good entertainment, and yeah. I'm like, you know, it's probably not like that all the time in a restaurant, mm. and, and you probably have to be pretty respected to even to even be talked to by someone that way, you know, anyway, and just have the respect that you got for yourself. But anyway, th- th- that's the image that I got in my mind of kind of like what, what chefs, what chef industries must be like, you know, less exaggerated, but just, just crazy. And just, 
and it just never ends. Yeah. Well, can I can I tell you a secret? Yeah, go ahead. Go it's, ahead. It's actually like that. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, you know how crazy snap. It is? And, and it's oh. not, I just want to say, and um, it's, it's not that we are trying to berate the other people. When okay. you, when you are required to cook, uh, and I'm talking about average meals of $80 and up, that's a plate. $80 a plate is what we're serving. Ooh. So Ooh. if you're thinking about it, Ooh. right? If okay. we're just we're just doing Chef Ramsay's one of his TV shows, okay, yep. I, I can guarantee you his beef Wellington is a buck twenty. That's one hundred and twenty dollars. So if <sighs> if a cook if a cook just ever so slightly um, overcooks it by a hair, I mean I would lose my crap too. You know what I mean? Because okay, that okay. that essentially goes to the trash. I'm like I can't serve it. I right. need another one fired. So if you put yourself into his shoes, yes. It is vindicated the way he yells, but, but, and here's, here's where I, I draw the line that you should never, in my opinion, talk to another okay. person like that because okay. it doesn't, it doesn't benefit them. It doesn't make them grow. It just, it just shoots them down. So right. for me, when I do get mad, I, I internalize it. I make sure what my next words are about to say will be, will be beneficial to what they're about to hear. They know they messed up. They, they already know it because okay. I put them to the side. You know, it's like, hey, listen, what's happening? Like, you, you serve me two, two raw foods or two things that are overdone. I need you to get okay. it together because okay. I can't, I cannot waste that money. And once you, okay. once you give that tone, they, they, they absolutely understand. But there should be no reason to berate them in front of your staff because if you're thinking about it, at any one point in my kitchen, there is 14 people in the kitchen, always working around each other, always all the time. So I'm in, I'm in the dead middle. I'm, orchest I'm orchestrating the entire thing. So for me to yell okay. across my cooks like that, it, I mean, if, you're, if you put yourself into his shoes, you, you wouldn't feel good, right? If somebody's just kind of yelling at you, berating you, putting you down, yeah. That, yeah, that's, exactly. not, that's not a good thing. I understand his hustle. I understand their hustle. So I appreciate it. But at the same time, I need to make a, a firm statement uh, just to say, hey, I need you to step it up. If not, uh, please stay off the line. I'll have somebody else come through. So that's how that's where kind of the, the line separates, at least for me as a chef in the in the in my industry or rather in my restaurant. But so the way you okay, okay, so, is 100 percent. OK, so so to that end, devil's advocate, devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. Now, let's let's say let's say that person and your staff. Has 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 tried to serve something that they know is subpar, and they're trying to get it past you, and they know that they failed. They they're trying they they are not being you know I, they're not being honest by saying maybe you know um, you know chef chef it, it's not ready or chef I undercooked it. They're not telling you up front. They're trying to push it through anyway, and you catch it. Now does mm -hmm. that does that make you upset with them, and does does that make you see them differently in your eyes? Uh, yes and no. Yes, okay. because they lied to me. No, because okay. I understand the pressure that they're in. Oh, so okay. if you can okay. relate, um, at any one point on any one station, they will. They should have fifteen to twenty tickets, and it's and it's absurd to to have that pressure in your cooking. But you have to make sure everything comes up at the same time, and that's my main motto. If it comes up there faster than what my entree is, or faster than what my main, uh, my main protein is okay um that is not bueno that that is no good i, I don't need it because it's going to sit in the window so it's oh, it's a bit okay. both you just have to play with it and that's okay. my job to orchestrate it if i if i fail at that then i i'm the one that's at fault 
um, entirely if I'm not able to relay that to my people. So it's oh, a lot. Okay. It's a lot of micro micromanaging. So I can suit it to however the tickets are coming. But I don't want to keep you any longer. So let's <laughs> let's play. <laughs> let's play a few things if you don't mind. This is I, I call this. Uh, no matter what we do, food revolves around what we do a hundred percent, right? You you can have a certain feeling, you can have you can have the worst of days, but if you had that best uh, that best piece of mac and cheese, you're like, oh my word, this is amazing, and then your your spirits get lifted up. So I would yeah. like to ask you some questions if you don't mind about food, and this will actually pique your interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a rap in a rapid fire succession, okay. I'll give you maybe one or two seconds to kind of just. Spit it out. <laughs> your first, your first thought, though. All right. Okay. Okay. So the most disgusting thing you've ever eaten. Most disgusting. Oof. Ah, that's difficult. That's difficult because I'm, I'm a, I'm a generalist. I love everything. I appreciate all food made, but something that I, I okay. The, the one thing that comes to mind is going to be what I used to not like, and that would, that would be beans. Beans. But but I yeah I've came I've came around to them and I realized how how valuable they are how tasty they are in a different context. But when I when I was growing up when I was younger hated the taste of beans so those were disgusting okay. to me. All right, uh, the longest you have gone without food or drink like a fast. Oh, the longest I've gone without food or drink. Ooh, oh, okay, yeah, that would that would probably be about a day day and a half. Yeah, thirty six okay. hours maybe. Yeah. All right, all right. Would you rather eat alone with strangers or with friends and family? Ooh, uh, I guess I would say, ooh, uh, uh, we'll do friends and family. Friends and family. Okay, okay. Now here, here's a little, here's a little left field for you. Ever eaten dog, <laughs> cat, or other animal food? I have not. No, I have not eaten um, <laughs> a, 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 a non, a non-conventional animal before. No. Gotcha, gotcha. I just segue into it. I've eaten all those. Uh, I've eaten all those proteins. Cat and dog? Yeah. What? You a, eating yeah. a dog, man? You yeah, can, you in can, the Philippines. It's crazy. You, we eat a lot. We eat a lot of stuff. Oh, okay. Now, now see, in the Philippines, that's cool. But here in the States, here man, the States. that's like, that's a capital offense. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I was like, you ate dog here? Man, oh, no, man's no, no, best no. friend? Man's best friend? I'm like, oh, come on, Casey. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, you get away with it? And you put that on the air, too? You crazy, oh, man. Different <laughs> life all together. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Now in the Philippines, yeah, that, okay, that's definitely different. Okay, okay, yeah, right. I, I can dig that. I can dig that. I'm all like, because right. I'm people crazy about their dogs here, man. Mm, they are. I get it. <laughs> okay, so first thing you usually feel like eating when you wake up. First thing, uh, what I what I feel like eating. Hmm. Uh, feel like eating first thing. Rapid fire. I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, Egg wraps, yeah. Egg wrap. I, I like I like scrambled scrambled eggs in a wrap. Um, every you know, stuffed to the brim, mm. um, and I could just pick it up and go, or, or continue continue on with my days. Neat to eat, um, very fulfilling. Packed, of course, with protein and, and flavor. So yeah. that's gonna be the first thing that comes to mind. Like you said, rapid Ooh. fire with it. Yeah, I could I could smash down a, a breakfast burrito right about now. It's so good. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's good. the better word. That's what I meant to say. Instead of an egg wrap, <laughs> breakfast burrito. That's what okay. I meant to say. Breakfast burrito, Casey. Okay, there we go. There we go. Are you allergic to any kind of food? Um, I am not allergic to anything. I'm blessed, oh, man. Wow. I'm blessed. I'm not. I'm not allergic to peanuts. That's a that's a big one. I'm not allergic to. 
What else are people allergic to a lot? Milk, yeah. Some people are like lactose intolerant, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have really any. Yeah, no no food allergies that I've that I've noticed so far. Well, God bless you. Uh, quick little fact: Did you know that ninety percent of um, of all people are ninety percent lactose intolerant? I did not know that, but yeah. it, it wouldn't it wouldn't. Um, it, it it wouldn't surprise me, and mm. and we may we may save that topic for a different conversation yeah. because yeah, you, you cook you cook and eat a lot of different things, and then so how, how I feel about how I feel about uh, you know just animal welfare and stuff like that, and then mm. and then just you know lactose just just as you mentioned milk, and and you know wh- whether or not whether or not you know the human body is is made to consume that. Correct. Yeah, it has, quite- it's not. Yeah, that is actually was what I was going to. It's not made oh, for okay. to consume. Yeah, it's 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 straight up made for cows because that's what dairy is. If you think about it, if if us humans were to harvest our own milk, that'd be the same exact thing. It's not made for consumption for anybody else. So the exact same thing with uh, a cow. Their milk is not really for consumption. Other anything else other than a calf for them to grow up. But anyway, right, I, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, perfect. You, you. Right, you just said it. You just said it. Okay, <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you, Casey. You just, you just I got nothing. I got nothing. Okay, so this is my favorite question, and we're gonna end with this one. Uh, this is okay. this is tried and true for me. This is a, an absolute Filipino thing. This will be like the other one that you need to ask another Filipino if you ever meet them. Have you okay. ever eaten spam? I've never eaten spam before. Oh, Never. I'm so boring. I know, man. I know I'm boring. I've I've seen spam in in uh in like commercials and stuff like that, but no, I've I've never I've never looked at a can of spam and, and been like, man, I really need to try that. If if anything, <laughs> I've probably been avoiding actively avoiding spam all my life. You probably have, yeah. Do you know what it's uh what's inside it? Do you want to know? No, what's, what's it? no, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me. It's uh tell after me. they process the the pig. Um, okay. So any of the sinew, which is the the white uh, gluten and stuff, or any of the the muscles and the fibers that aren't being used, that's what okay. it gets turned into spam. Okay. That's really all it is. Okay. Just chunks of stuff molded together uh, and put in. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the pink stuff. It's the um, it's the salt slash chemical compound that they put in meats to bind. Okay. Like if okay. you're ever in a butcher shop and they're making like sausages, you pink that you okay. put that pink stuff on it, and so that's okay. what spam is. Uh, okay, okay. So spam, spam would be like a cousin to sausage, maybe cousin. Yeah, you can say that. It's just it's just extra end bits of the pork it gets put all together, just like uh, if you were to have a frankfurter. Like if it's not yeah, organic, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah, it all gets combobbled together, grinded, and then put together. It kind of sounds gross, but it's so good. It's the scraps of the animal. Mm-hmm, the scraps of the animal. The scraps, and, and, and as they say, as they say, sometimes it's best it's best not to know how the sausage is made. But if it tastes good, <laughs> no, that's a good look. So this, this has been fascinating. I'm I'm sorry that I had such boring answers and stuff for it you, man. It is okay. Ah. It is okay. I get to know you as a person. You get to know me as a person. This is a bonding experience between you and I. So it's a okay. good it's a good thing all throughout. Okay, yeah, bet, bet. I, I, well, I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate right. that. Yeah, happy, happy well, to answer the question. That's pretty much all we got, man. So, again, thank you for being on the Chef's Meal. We air every Thursday at 10.30 in the morning. We can catch all the new interviewer uh, that we have, including Mr. Darnell here at Bulletproof Hustle. Give him up. What, what?
<laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, appreciate appreciate the invite. Uh, happy to be here. Um, yeah, and anytime, anytime, or if you'd like to do any subsequent uh, chats, I'm here for you, man. You know, absolutely. So I'll make sure that I link all your stuff underneath below so people can find you. Um, however, in the um, in the event of everything else, uh, just make sure you check out Darnell Brown on Bulletproof Hustle on Anchor and all the other stuff. And I'll make sure to link it. Uh, that's pretty much all we got. Um, Darnell, if you could give me your links, that'd be good. Yeah, so, yeah, so people can find um, more of my work and everything that I'm about at bulletproofhustle.com. Everything is spelled like the actual words, bulletproofhustle.com. Um, you can find my podcast, Bulletproof Hustle with Darnell Brown um, on anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm slash Bulletproof Hustle. Um, you can listen to it on your favorite podcast player. Check out my book. It's on Amazon, um, iBooks, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, titled Bullet, uh, The Bulletproof Hustler. That came mm -hmm. out in 2017. And, uh, yeah, that's, all, that's pretty much all I got for you and your audience. All right. Thank you so much. That's all we got, folks. Uh, again, I'll make sure to link everything down below so you can check them out. And please make sure to subscribe to him and leave him a comment and a rating also, because that just that just helps us bolster everything up all together. Yes. So again, on another episode and you and me will talk again, absolutely about food, because I because you said you're you're pretty much a vegan, right? Uh, veganish, veganish, veganish. I'm, I'm, yeah, okay. I'm jumping. I'm I'm going from pescatarian over to to um to to veg, um, vegan. I mm -hmm. think um, at some point. Um, so gotcha. so just kind of going down that route. I think I think at most I'll I'll do like a side of meat, probably, mm -hmm. and and a huge portion of vegetables, kind of like they do. I think in in um probably Japan and kind of those surrounding countries over there where they their do. diet, but, yeah, their diet is. Their diet. is so, so I'm, I'm, I'm digging that because I do, I really do like seafood and stuff a lot, and that's a little bit hard to give up. But I think if I can eat it less, maybe once a week, small portions, that's mm. a good luck. So that's it. Well, on our next episode between you and I, will be, I would like to discuss with you the eighty twenty rule. I call it because okay. uh, my wife and I are also not really a full vegan okay. nor vegetarian, but we we still dabble in both. So eighty percent plant based. 20% oh. everything else so everything in moderation so you don't okay. want to you don't know you don't want to overdo it but you still want to have some of this stuff but in small portions yeah but that's yeah, all we got it. yes sir thank y'all for listening <laughs> <laughs>